0: every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. 101.9 High FM, Chay Chinochotar, by We are back as we do every Monday between 2 to 3, where we discuss education, discuss how to make the world a better place, how to make us better people, how to make society a place that's pleasant to live in place that's full of growth a place that is um in achieving uh, for us for the individual for the group as every week please be part of the show today please feel share feel free to share with us your thoughts about education about what's happening in the world right now regarding the uh, p- preparing the next generation preparing ourselves Please, you could always send us an S- SMS, but anything that's on your mind, 34519 is a SMS line. You could always send us a WhatsApp, 0618951019. And lots is happening today on the show. As we said last week, this week we're going to have here Dr. Zaginov. We will we'll be discussing with her dealing with trauma while it happens. Unfortunately, uh, trauma is a reality in the community right now unfortunately, uh, hijackings, robberies, uh, lots of things that can make a person feel unsecure and can actually affect them for life is happening. And it's our job to see what we can do to prevent trauma, to prevent um, escalating situations, to make sure our family's kids Friends, community is safe. So, how do we do that? How do we work in that? We will be speaking to Dr. Seganov very shortly. But before that, I have a question I'd like to send out there and share with you. A very interesting discussing uh, discussion. Discussion. What's happening today? I have no idea what's happening today in the show. A very interesting discussion that I had over Shabbos today with uh, somebody, and we were discussing one of the laws that were brought down in the parsha last week full of laws, uh, a lot of interesting things. And one of them is regarding uh, getting a slave. And one of the rules of having a slave that was brought by the commentaries is how do you treat your slave and how do you respect him? And a very interesting comment that was said there, that if somebody has um, a slave and he has only one of each possession that he has, he must give it to his slave instead of enjoying it himself. In example, what's brought down, if you have one pillow and... You don't know what to do with it. Should you use it at night? Should you give it to your slave? Then you give it to your slave. And this individual that I was talking with asked me a simple question. He said, you know, I get it if you have two. It wouldn't be nice for you to sleep on two and give your slave zero. But if you have one, why is it fair that the master must give the one pillow to his slave? And we were going through this discussion. And... Something that came up in the conversation may be to say that if you have only one pillow, then you have no business going out there and buying a slave, which means you got to live your own reality. You got to live the own way of what you can afford. And you can't try to live somebody else's dream. If it's not suitable for you financially, don't do it. Do it. You are going to pay the price. Which raised a a huge discussion in the place where I was. Can we say proudly that we in our society today about ourselves, do we live according to what we have? Do we know how to manage our financial security, manage our needs, or we just live off credit on somebody else's um, dream? Things that are not in reality for us, but we force ourselves into it, and what would be the price for that? Please send in your thoughts. Please SMS three four five one nine is SMS line one rand fifty three four five one nine. You could always send us a WhatsApp oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine, or you could even call in oh one zero one four zero three zero two zero. Are we living today a life that's suitable to what we really can live? Let's hear your thoughts about that. I think it's a very important discussion to raise here in the community. We're going to move on, and as I I mentioned before, I'm very excited actually to have here in studio with me Dr. Zegelnov.
1: It's
0: not doctor, not Dr. Zegelnov. Okay, I was uh, so many people told me about you, but it is doctor. So let's go straight to it. Good afternoon, thank Thank you so much for being with us. Okay, so I'm going to be stand corrected. You are a psychologist.
1: I am. I'm a clinical psychologist,
0: okay. not a doctor, not a, a doctor. <laughs> okay, I guess you're that good because everybody, when I was looking for your number last week, and I asked a few people, everybody said, "Oh, Doctor Zegunov, and send me the number." So I guess it's it's uh, <laughs> it,
1: myth. It's urban legend. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's
0: it, there's got to be a reason for it. But okay, so we said we'll be discussing today a bit about uh, managing trauma situations, managing, uh, you know, some situations maybe we can avoid, maybe we can't. The void, but we find ourselves in them. How do we manage them? How do we make sure that we're uh, giving out the most safe environment to our kids, to our families, to our communities? And I do have to say, before we go in, and I mentioned this last week, uh, you called in to the show some time ago and spoke for about a sentence or two. I'm sure you were busy. I'm sure it wasn't the time, but you took that moment to share with us, and those sentences actually maybe even saved lives, because we, I took into practice what you have mentioned, which is another reason. Please share with us your thoughts. You never know how far it will go. So um, let's go straight to this. Somebody finds themselves in trauma. What do they do?
1: Thank you for having me, Rabbi. Um, so I want to say that we are very focused on violent um crime-related trauma in South Africa, but obviously there are many, many ways in which trauma can be experienced can be a car accident, the divorce of one's parents, the loss of a parent, and even just witnessing another traumatic event. And we know that that, that has happened uh, tragically in the community. So we're not just speaking about um, violent crime-related trauma.
0: For sure not. Um, I, I, I'd actually be happy to extend it to any other area of, of uh, trauma and things, which there's another trauma that comes up here in the show many times, which is abuse. Was another discussion, so we can go uh, relate to it.
1: So I'm going to start by just people always ask me that in the event of trauma, what is protective for a child and what will make the, the trauma more traumatic for the child such that there will be symptoms further on. So we don't have control over these things, but it's useful to just note them. Obviously the severity of the trauma will make a difference So if you are held up um, on the street with your parents It's a momentary um, experience And the person is not uh, violent or aggressive That might not be a terrible experience of trauma But if you have a house break And people intrude into your private safe home Your parents might be parents might be um, Tied up Whatever that That will be a much more severe trauma And we will expect far more side effects In terms of post-traumatic stress Um, Then what's very important And this was really what I Keyed into when I phoned in Is that where children Are in the presence of their parents During the trauma The reaction to the trauma In the moment Will make a very big difference To the children So I'll just very quickly relate the experience um, I had just gone to a course on managing trauma and trauma-related symptoms um, as as a psychologist, and I learned there a few days before the trauma we experienced that one of the most protective things for children in the face of trauma is their parents, if they are there, maintaining their own calm, which is not easy. So what happened um, for me is that we had these intruders, um, my husband.
0: So before we go on to,
1: yeah, to, to details,
0: so what's coming up is that there's a very, very important part for the parents being in the trauma, mm-hmm. which means that they have the ability, what you're saying is that parents do have an ability or... Strangers do have an ability to increase or decrease the trauma of the people around them.
1: Right. Well, okay. they're going to mediate the experience of the trauma. That's really what's going to happen. Okay. So the child will experience the event as more traumatic if the adult, as you say, or parent in the room, in the car, becomes hysterical, as okay. opposed to a parent, caretaker, who really is attuned to what's happening but can self-regulate, can stay calm. During the experience And the child will pick up on that And understand it as such
0: Wow, so that I think is a very, very important point mm-hmm. So uh, maybe we can go in Very shortly into actually um, Practicing hearing from your okay. experience And seeing how, how we can mm-hmm. relate to them On a day-to-day basis I do want to take a short break And then we will be right back to continue this discussion Obviously, anything you have to add Into this conversation, please Send us a WhatsApp 0618951019 Or an SMS at 34519 <laughs> This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 FM. 101.9 Hi Chinuch Rabbi G. We are back. As every Monday we discuss education. We discuss how to make the world a safer place, a better place. And today our topic is trauma. In studio with me I have Joanne Asaginoff. And right before the break, we were discussing uh, trauma, and we almost got to a personal experience of trauma that uh, she had went through on her own. So, as we're back, thank w- you. Share with Good us what back. you went through.
1: So, I had. I'll just briefly say that I had been discussing looking at the factors that increase the risk, and I'd said that obviously the severity of the trauma. And then the parents, the adults in the room, in the space, their reaction to trauma and I'll speak about that a bit more, then the closeness or distance from the trauma. So if there's a car accident and you are you right there on the scene where you see it right away or not and then of course Or if you heard about it from father. And also if you heard about it from other people. Because one can be traumatized simply by the telling of a traumatic event.
0: Could it be that somebody that heard about it is more traumatized than the person that actually went through the trauma?
1: Again, it would depend on the severity of the trauma. Um,
0: Because we were going through an incident, mm -hmm. as you know, and I actually feel that our family overseas Mm -hmm. got some, our parents got more traumatic hearing that, Uh, we were held up by gunpoint than we actually did while it happened. Mm. So sometimes being very far would actually increase it, or you don't see that that much?
1: I think that given that your parents don't have an understanding of the context of South Africa, that would have made them much more fearful. But I don't think that's the same as a person or a child internalizing the traumatic story and thinking, well, that might happen to me.
0: Okay, so from distance, it, so it seems like the closer you are, the bigger trauma, and the okay. further, the smaller.
1: Okay. And then, lastly, the temperament of the child. We all born; children are born with a specific temperament, and that will uh, make a difference in terms of their reaction.
0: <laughs> okay. Obviously. Okay. Oh, so, so, so let's we were, just go back we were going to the story, to make right, right, story. Right,
1: yes. right. So very briefly I don't want to take up the session with this, but um, we had an armed robbery inside our house we lived in a different home a number of years ago um, my husband was greeted at the door um, by people who um, wanted to who were, who were coming into the house to, to for a crime related incident um, they had a knife they had two knives at his back And they told him to go upstairs to where our bedroom was. And they tied him up, his feet up with a tie, his arms behind his back. And then I had to, which is not my normal role in the family, but I had to play the role of protector. I just learned this knowledge about being calm in the instance of trauma, and I put that into place. So I stayed very calm. Okay, and that was very containing for the children. In fact, my daughter, who wasn't in the room with us, I thought she was sleeping, was far more traumatized because she was alone.
0: So, f- so, so you, we do see that the distance did create a bit more of a trauma because we had things in control over here. And from far,
1: I don't think it's about distance. I think it's about the fact that she was on her own. And so the, even the though she wasn't in the trauma, distance-wise, she was far more traumatized because there wasn't anyone containing her. Okay. Right,
0: and it's but let's touch on basically a bit of that. And how do you control the situation? Like, what, what were you doing? Telling right. the kids, uh, speaking to the right,
1: right. So it takes resourcefulness, obviously, just. Try and self-regulate. Try breathe. Think positively in order to bring your own inner state into a calm balance. Um, but what I mean, the practical things to do: don't make eye contact with the intruders. Um, if you okay. need, if if possible, what I did was I spoke in a positive way about the intruders to the children, almost giving them a subliminal message that they're not bad people. They're just lacking in many resources. I said, they're hungry. These aren't bad people. They're not going to hurt you. And that kind of suggested even to the intruders that it really, really worked. I, yeah.
0: I after I've heard that from you, I use the same thing. And right. actually, one of the robbers said to one of my kids, I was crying, listen to your father. I'm a good person. I'm not going to hurt exactly you.
1: Exactly the same. One Silly. of the robbers said to my son, he actually bent down and gave him a kiss. And he said, don't be scared, my boy. I'm not here to hurt you.
0: Wow. So so that obviously makes a very tremendous uh, issue. Okay. So you said not keeping eye contact. They're having a very positive atmosphere in the room. Um, Participating, I assume, listening to them. Listening
1: Uh. and completely obeying whatever they say. Never, ever think that um, you'll be safe if you take aggressive action towards them. And there are people who naturally are more reactive, and aggressive, who might impulsively um, respond to to the intruders in a way that will put the intruders into a state of hypervigilance. So can, s-
0: can somebody that that's their character, who's listening now, mm-hmm. actually practice, if God forbid something happens, how to control themselves then?
1: I don't know if one can practice, but one can be very mindful about it and think about it. So one would bring to mind... Such an event happening, being accosted at your car with a gun pointed at you, someone coming into your house, and then going through what you should do, which would be don't impulsively respond, do exactly what the intruders, the hijacker wants. Stay calm. So, kind of
0: prepare yourself towards prepare it.
1: Prepare yourself. Prepare, in prepare your
0: yourself mind. towards it, and just be aware that what would I do if, God forbid, right. something Absolutely. happens?
1: Absolutely, think I'm just trend.
0: gonna. Uh, stop you for a moment because I really want to hear what the listeners have to say about this. So if you've experienced anything or you have what to say about this topic, please, 061-895-1019. That's the WhatsApp line, 061-895-1019. Please share with us your experience. You could always call in at 010-140-3020 or send us an SMS, but that's only inside South Africa. Three four five one nine is the SMS line. Okay, so now we kind of went through the the period of the trauma when mm-hmm. it's happening.
1: Mm-hmm, How do we move on from here? So once it's happened, everyone's safe. The police have been called, etc., etc. What you want to do as the parents is really notice what we would call red flag responses in one's children that would indicate to us the child is not okay, needs much more support, and then if those symptoms carry on, will need professional intervention.
0: Okay. Is there a case that there's major trauma that will not need um, major intervention?
1: Again, it will depend on the temperament of the child, the okay. parent's um, response in the moment. But generally, if there's severe trauma, there will be a need for intervention. Right,
0: because I, I would assume it's like a given that if a major situation happens, then you should go for help and see what needs So let to
1: be done. me um, comment on that. For adults... It's not actually necessarily the the need to go and talk it through in therapy. So it very much depends on you and what you're feeling at that time. So people assume that you have to go for talk therapy. That's how to deal with trauma. But it isn't always the case. For some people, they actually get re-traumatized. Um, when they go when they keep speaking about this That's
0: a fascinating point because it's almost on the South African checklist whenever mm-hmm. so your f- one of your friends got to go through the situation so it's always like oh shame how are you what did you lose did you go for debriefing I mean right, it's always right, right. so you say move, remove it from your checklist it's individual No
1: I think I think in most cases there will be a need but I don't think it will in every case There are different cases Right right some okay. people just need to be quiet um keep themselves within themselves until they um, achieve balance and it doesn't mean that it's pathological so the assumption that a person who doesn't need they'll say I don't need to go talk about it is not being defensive not not wanting to look at the experience this may be their legitimate way of dealing with it.
0: And how is there any way for us to tell? Let's say you have you have somebody that you really care about, and you don't want to push them, but you also want to make sure they're not making mm-hmm. a mistake. How, what would be the the guideline of how to mm-hmm. keep it not to to be a close friend that's right. um, not pushing too much, but also. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Helping your friend.
1: Right. So it will be symptom based, and I think it's really useful for everyone to know what the symptoms so what maybe we, call we can go through the symptoms. Right. Post traumatic stress disorder symptoms. Okay. So obviously that means post, after the trauma, the symptoms that will be evident that indicate that intervention really is necessary.
0: Okay. So let's kind of go through the list and see.
1: Okay. Um, so I'm going to speak more from the perspective of being a child. Would that be okay?
0: A hundred percent.
1: Um, but there will obviously be um common ground with children and with adults. Okay. Um, so what we see particularly in children and here let's say preschool children who are nonverbal. Well the little ones are very nonverbal and the older children aren't yet sophisticated in what I call an emotional vocabulary. So it's very hard for them to actually speak to you about about what happens. And express their feelings. And express their feelings. So then we have to look at the behaviors that that we are seeing. So um Often with little children, this is kind of infant to five, six-year-olds, there will be a lot of regression to childhood behavior. So a child that stopped sucking their thumb will start sucking their thumb. A child who has not been wetting his bed for many, you know, for two, three years will start bedwetting. It will come back. Okay. Right. They won't be able to sleep alone. And often these children revert to baby talk. Because they're feeling so chaotic inside, because this was a chaotic experience, that they feel kind of a little bit disintegrated, and they feel more like a small little child who mm-hmm. wants to be who wants to be. Motivated. And it
0: kind of, it would give them comfort, or what would it? So what they
1: are? Well, they're expressing trauma in many of the things I, I said, the regression, but they're also asking for a particular response in their okay. parents. So. You know, unfortunately, a parent might say, Oh, grow up, stop behaving like this, in the thought that I need to get you back to being resourceful and kind of age appropriate. But really, children need um, to be honoured during that time. And not that there's no comment, but to just encourage them, support them not judge them.
0: Understand what they're going through, right. on the one hand, but on the other hand, so but there's kind of maybe a balance here because on the one hand you want to support them and understand and be a part of it mm-hmm. and on the other hand you don't want them to lose completely their daily routine because that could make so it worse.
1: That is one of the most important interventions as parents that these children have gone through absolute chaos their sense of the world is predictable has been completely shattered and it's 100% necessary to possibly or even probably you might have to create a new routine but whatever, whatever the rules are that must be sustained by the parent, I mean not by and large, it really needs and that makes, it makes all children feel safe but particularly after trauma there needs to be um, an experience of my days predictable
0: yeah, to stay to stay focused. I mean, I think one of the, uh, for now, what it looks like one of the best decisions you know, I've made after mm-hmm. is actually the night after. It, it I have to say, after an event like this happens, we, we're living in an amazing community. And right. people come up and they offer help. And it's am- it was so inspiring. Almost, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it was f- we're happy that it happened, but it mm-hmm. was an uh, amazing, amazing of, of, of caring. Of
1: passion, right.
0: And obviously lots of people said, maybe the first night, come sleep by us, come sleep mm-hmm. out of your house. And it was a very big question mm. because we don't want to leave the house on the one mm-hmm. hand. the other hand, the kids were too scared to sleep at home.
1: And wh- what well, did you do? <laughs>
0: what we did is I told everybody we're staying at home and we're sleeping at home, but I did hire a guard for the night.
1: Okay, very. That was so, such a good decision. So we hired
0: a guard. We put in, He sat in our house for the first night, but everybody went to sleep in their beds at the right time. Mm-hmm. And and I think it was actually a very good yes. balance. So.
1: Otherwise, there could have been a response, which is a common symptom of wanting to avoid the place of trauma. So right. had you taken the children out of the house, it wouldn't necessarily have been the case, but the house might have begun to feel even more of a dangerous place.
0: That was the biggest exactly. concern.
1: So that was an excellent intervention. So Yeah, house.
0: so thank God. I think it was a very good idea. So when we move on, so, so we said, so when we see these symptoms...
1: Can As I review mentioned. a few more? Because yes, for sure. Really I think are, these to, are very, very important. Parents need to know what to look for, 100%. especially with children who are so young.
0: A hundred percent. And I think that even if there's some um, uh, of the symptoms that we won't get to, and mm-hmm. anybody is sitting in the car right now and listening mm-hmm. and feels that it's important, we know, please, oh six one eight nine five one oh one nine is the WhatsApp line. 10 feel free to call. Even SMS, I know it's a RAND 50 but threes. Please, 34519. These are very, very important uh, points for all of us to notice. Uh, before we move on into the symptoms, we do have to take a short break, okay. and we will be right back. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 IFM. Um. But th- we did discuss that, that there is um, also the long-term trauma that's happening. Let's say kids been bullied, mm-hmm. or kids. So mm-hmm. if you could just focus the the traumas, the the signs that you're mm-hmm. uh, saying, if if a parent could use these as a tool also of knowing something's mm-hmm. happening in school, something's happening at mm-hmm. school, in the community,
1: mm-hmm.
0: are these the same symptoms? or different, um, or some of them? They
1: would be, but what I would like to say that obviously there are times of chronic trauma for children. It could be the divorce of their parents, um, it could be witnessing abuse, experiencing abuse, um, or bullying at school. And I want to comment on the bullying, both for parents and for children, hopefully for teachers who are listening in, there is so much new research, I mean, uh, uncountable amounts of research that shows that bullying in childhood and in adolescence, perhaps even more in adolescence, has very long-term um Consequences in terms of mental health. Enormous consequences. Self-esteem issues, anxiety disorders, um, depressive disorders. So it's something to take very, very, very seriously. I would say
0: it's critical to it's be critical. aware right. and to know what's happening.
1: And the old-fashioned response was let the kids sort it out on their own. Let them fight it out on the playground. It's so not the correct way to respond. One needs to alert the school. One needs to help the child develop skills in terms of bullying, and schools legally are bound to actually get involved in instances of of, of bullying because of the consequences.
0: Yes, and 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 I have to say that uh, from working with the schools here, I, mm-hmm. they, they really care. And many mm-hmm. times, um, I get into cases and I ask, "How come the school was not aware beforehand?" and Sometimes parents felt that the school won't listen, they won't know, which is not accurate. And and as I said, it's very important to be involved, mm-hmm. have everybody in the same team, mm-hmm. as we said. So we do have to get to the list. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the list. our time is running. And okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. So let's do this. Even if it's just this, it's fine. So these are the red flag symptoms that your child is experiencing um, post-traumatic stress. It differs a little bit as you get older, just... Um, 0 to five, six to eleven, twelve and above. Okay. It will be slightly different, but they are they are um, the same themes. So we said uh, regression to earlier behaviour. Often there's anger and temper tantrums, especially in younger children. They can't express how they feel, so they just act it out. Um, they want to avoid pe- people or the places that remind them of the trauma and what you'll see is that because a child any of us our sense of trust in both a predictable world as well as in our people good becomes extremely disrupted so they'll want to cling on there'll be a kind of separation anxiety where I only want mommy or daddy or the domestic worker to to hold me, and that will show that separation anxiety is very important in knowing that there is there is a trauma. There is trauma. There is,
0: okay.
1: Um, sleep will become disrupted. Now, I'm not talking about the first week, two weeks post trauma. We expect all of this. Okay. I'm speaking more about longer. Um, time where symptoms are experienced. Right, because
0: it's very normal. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that's a very good point. We need to define what's normal, right. what's not normal. exactly. And it's normal for the first week or two to be right. this Absolutely. way.
1: Absolutely. So
0: when does it turn into a problem?
1: So where we see symptoms that are ongoing, um, we we see that really the child is very, very distressed and needs intervention. So we would say two to three weeks of displaying these symptoms would mean that a professional intervention is, necessary. is needed. And just to say that children are resourceful. Not every child is going to fall apart. It will be different according to, according to children. And also to know optimistically as parents that 100% trauma can be resolved in a, a professional setting with a trained therapist. Well,
0: wow. with kids and with adults?
1: Definitely. Okay, that's very
0: important. Is there a risk that if you see a child that's not expressing trauma or something, Mm -hmm. that it will explode later on in their life?
1: Well, one would need to address that in the therapy in whatever way it was, but definitely we can't repress trauma. It has to be what we call processed. As I said before, different people want different kinds of processing. For many people it will be talk therapy, even just talking to their loved ones will be therapeutic
0: it will be it will be Absolutely. Helpful. okay Absolutely. there's one thing that you haven 't mentioned, but i 've heard it from quite a few people. Mm-hmm. They said since the event we walk around on the street, we always feel like somebody's following us mm-hmm. we always feel mm-hmm. is that a symptom that yes. could be resolved, or what how do we
1: s- well it 's a very difficult symptom, but it makes sense what we say what we it, what we would call an appropriate paranoid response, so this is Really, and this is a useful phrase A normal response To an abnormal event Does make that make sense?
0: Completely But is, for how long is it That's still normal? exactly
1: So if it's becoming chronic One has to intervene The child's sense of trust in other people Has really been disrupted And the younger they are The more their imagination is going to um, Create a sense of The world is terribly dangerous People are dangerous I have a constant sense of threat.
0: And and a question that somebody actually just asked me mm-hmm. before, what would happen if, uh, um, not what would happen, sorry, is this result, that somebody has these symptoms and it's already 10 years down the line, mm-hmm. is there still what to do about it or eventually Absolutely. it's too late?
1: No, uh, there's, it's never too late to process trauma. Never, it's never too late. You can always get to... Well, there'll always be some kind of improvement. One can't predict um, how much there will be, even if it definitely will help. But we do know that the sooner there is intervention, the better. So the longer the repression, the more symptomatic the person will become. Okay. And a very important symptom, and you'll see this in young children and teenage and adults, is what we call psychosomatic symptoms. So this is your child will say, I've got a terrible headache, my tummy's sore. And what this is is when we can't express the trauma um, through language. The the actual trauma it has to be expressed in some way. And in this case, it gets expressed through the body. Our bodies speak about the pain and the trauma we're going through. And what's very important, um, firstly, obviously, parents must take note of this. And also, this isn't malingering. The child isn't pretending to be in pain to avoid school, whatever. The child is experiencing the pain. And it's a physical reality for them. We just need to know the source. The source is psychological. And we see this in adults all the time.
0: That we, well, we kind of express and feel physical pains when it's just an absolutely. emotional pain.
1: Absolutely. And a person can go from doctor to doctor to doctor saying there's something wrong with me. And absolutely, there are no physical um, tests. Everything comes back negative. One has to consider that but there is a psychological... Um, component Absolutely, that's very different psycho- psychosomatic symptoms from malingering, which is lying about symptoms to get out of whatever it is that right. you want to avoid. Okay. So one has to take that seriously. Also, one will see that um, loss of interest and pleasure in activities, and this is across the board, um, will present itself. So things okay. that you should, that used to make your child very happy, no longer have that effect. They're okay. not curious. They're not interested. Kind they're of not turned off. They're turned off. I think that's a wonderful way of, of saying it. Um, but then we need to know if that continues. The child is very distressed inside, and then um, you might well um, see changes in school behaviour. And this is where teachers are so useful. So a a teacher will know that the child has experienced this hijacking, this intrusion into their home. And they can look for symptoms and then let parents know. So that would be marks going down, huge anxiety at school, Um, bullying where the child needs to bully because they need to feel like the powerful one.
0: They need to feel the power, which I actually think that I I often tell people that come to consult and, and, and clients that when trauma happens, you call security company, police, and your child's teacher. It's it's like the third A phone one, call you absolutely. make. A hundred percent. The absolutely. school's got to be on top of things completely. 100%. And they will respond the to teachers, it. And
1: teachers, and as you say, our schools are so supportive, but the teachers need to know what to look out for.
0: Completely, which is an amazing topic, which we, we didn't we, even touch on to and we really need run. to get to. It. Okay.
1: And then I just want to mention all of us, who are still in a state of trauma Have intrusive flashbacks So we don't want to be thinking about the event It intrudes into our mind And um, and we have to then face it Again and again and again and again So that intrusive kind of flashback Is really a symptom of trauma um, There will be enormous shifts in sleep patterns So again we expect that for the first say two weeks Right. Um, but once it continues, um, we, we need to take notice. So this will be um, whether the child is, how they're falling asleep. Is it hard for them? Are they managing to stay asleep? And obviously this is they could do these things before. Um is has got to be a restless? change. <laughs> Absolutely. Are they having nightmares and night terrors? which is quite a, it's a frightening thing to for a parent to witness, very frightening. And obviously, it's a symptom of deep distress. These
0: major yeah, changes? Yeah. Okay.
1: So one has to really, really be aware of that. Changes in appetite, um, irritability. These are all signs of anxiety. And in teenagers, there may well be, even in adults if it was extreme, and what we would call suicidal ideation. So the the teenager starts to think about ways that they might harm themselves. Um, mm. And then, can I just briefly look at an adolescent response? Yes, no, we don't have time. Yeah, we no, we, no, we have not, don't have. You know what? Time. I actually,
0: I was thinking because I also we didn't. Uh, there's a Big topic that I wanted to raise as community trauma and a mm-hmm. big topic of, of school. So I think we may even, okay. I think it's the first time since the show started that I've sang this on the radio. But we may have to make another time during the show if right. you'd be keen for that. And I just want to add one thing to the list of symptoms mm-hmm. on my own. And I tell parents and teachers, trust your senses. If you feel Absolutely. that something's wrong, something's different with mm-hmm. your child, It's even if it's not on the list, uh, you Googled it and it doesn't show if you have a feeling as a mother, right. as a father, as a teacher, 100%. something's wrong, go Follow with it. Something's 100%, 100%. wrong.
1: 100%. Completely.
0: So I'm happy that you, you're <laughs> and with And then me if that. we
1: can um, look at the ways that parents can help a child post-trauma to help them in resolving the trauma. And there are a lot of skills that we can look at.
0: I think we will need you to come again okay. on the show. Um, and I actually think um, we're going to try to do that without waiting a very long time till the next time you come. So as all good things, this show has come to an end. 101.9, Chai FM, That was um, Joanne Zaganov, right. uh, a psychologist. Thank you so much. It was actually fascinating it to hear all this my, information. My pleasure. And and we need to go a bit deeper. And as a community, I think it's not a once-off uh, discussion. And please, God, we shall see you here again. Thank God. Okay, thank you. Uh, and yeah, as uh, to everybody, Monday, 2 to 3, Rabaji Chai Chinuch with Monday 2-3. See you, hear you, be in touch, please God, next week. In the meantime, have a safe week. Watch over yourselves and just trust your senses and take care if you feel anything's wrong or happening.